Welcome to The Realist Uncensored, where we're bringing you real fucking issues with real fucking opinions. I'm Checkers, and over there, as always, is MJ. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody on YouTube, Rumble, and listen on your favorite podcast directory. All right. Today's show is The Realist Weekly Wrap-Up. We're going to grab some articles from this week, and we're going to talk about them. But before we get into the show, go over the fucking formats real quick. We have uh, also, besides, sorry, also besides the Realist Weekly Wrap-Up, we got the Realist Unwrap, which is we dive into one subject, and we talk about that for a whole show. A whole show. And then we got MJ's Vaulted Message Mondays. Yeah. And then we got... um, holiday specials and important dates to the country. And then if it's a real heavy week for articles, like, I mean, real heavy, you might see a Sunday special, which we've done one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been kind of slow this week though. Well, I'm not complaining. I mean, it's, right. been, it's been mainly about the, what, uh, the Trump, the Trump, Trump but, indictment, yeah. the, the, the thing in Russia. I mean, Biden saying that Putin's losing to Iraq. (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that he's fucking, he's running again. I I, I know I already said that to you, but uh, I don't get it. I don't either. But I can't believe the the Democratic Party is allowing him to run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is, he is kind of the perfect puppet because he can't, he can't think for himself. I know. He doesn't know what's going on. Right. So my first article is from Fox News. Supreme Court hands religious freedom win to postal worker who refused to work on Sundays. And I, I pulled this one because everybody, everybody always tries to do their religious freedoms. And then, you know, the companies have to have to uh, abide by that. But it says the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled unanimously for a postal worker in Pennsylvania in an important religious liberty dispute over how far employers should go to accommodate faith-based requests in the workplace. Gerald Goff, a Christian mail carrier from Pennsylvania, asked the court to decide if U.S. Postal Service could require him to deliver Amazon packages on Sundays, which he observes as as the Sabbath. The attorney, Aaron Street, argued in April that the court should revisit a 50-year-old precedent that established a test to determine when employers should make accommodations for their employees' religious practices. And for those who don't know what the Sabbath is, it's supposed to be a day of rest. So, you know, and you're not supposed to work or anything like that. We shouldn't be working on Sundays anyways. Yeah, I know. It's, it's ridiculous. It goes on to say in ruling for the government worker, the high court overturned its 1977 President that said employers had to reasonably accommodate an employee's religious beliefs and practices so as so long as it did not create an undue hardship on the business. The new decision tightens the undue hardship standard and can make it easier for some individual employees to secure a religious accommodation in the workplace. And it goes on. It goes on from there. Um, but basically about the. Uh, the history on, on, uh, the civil rights act and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I just, I, they should be, uh, accommodating people's religious beliefs because you have the freedom of religion in this country. 
And oh well, if you can't get your damn Amazon packages delivered on fucking Sunday. But yeah, no, don't doesn't Amazon have their own trucks to do that? They do. I think that they're they're too big though. They're like UPS, they can't fucking keep up. No. That's why they had to get rid of uh what was it, the next day shipping? Oh yeah, the, the two day pri- the yeah. two day shipping. Yeah, yeah, if you're a prime member. Yeah, and then they, they used COVID for that. And it was like, okay, yeah, shit slow down, whatever. And then fucking it's it hasn't gone back. There's no more two day shipping. Like some things you can, but I don't know. That'll do it for that article. Okay, my next article is from What Finger Daily gas stations will run out of fuel and prices will explode this summer as supplies collapse. Wow. Well, I mean, we're 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 kind of we're kind of into the summer already, so I haven't I haven't seen anything really change on the gas prices. But figured saw this. Let's talk about it. How would your uh, budget be affected by a $2 increase in the cost of a gallon of gas? That's the, pro- that's the prospect millions of Americans are facing without even knowing. With the administration boycotting projects to ramp up domestic gasoline production at a time uh, inventories are falling in the U.S. and around the world, expensive prices at the pump will become our new reality. But he, but he just lowered the gas prices. How's he going to bring them back up? To make more money. Yeah, but he, he's always bragging. I, I lowered the gas prices. Yeah, they don't need a fucking why. They just do it. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't lower the gas prices. <laughs> and our stations will face even higher risks of outages and prolonged shortages of fuel supplies continuing to get hit from all sides. <clears throat> That's that's what we're going to expose. Expose there. Uh, there has never been another period in the 21st century where the global global and domestic fuel production faced so many cuts um, and disruptions as they do in 2023. Not only in America but all over the world, inventories are rapidly falling, and there isn't enough capacity to rebuild the supplies and stabilize prices for um, consumers in the long run. A new report shows. In other words, we are going to be forced to cope with much higher gasoline prices due to the global shortage of fuels. But the bigger and most worrying threat is at home with the administration planning to enforce regulations that ban gasoline powered cars. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Prohibiting drilling in the key areas and canceling leases that would allow us to develop our own resources. Um, that is pushing the U.S. fuel reserve to the limit, and those uh, decisions are being made at a, uh, at a time when the demand is expected to continue rising, adding further pressure to the cost of, of gallon of gas. At this time, a big gasoline stockpile drop is making analysts sound the alarm uh, about potential outages and shortages, especially after the single disruption caused by a heavy storm in Oklahoma that... <clears throat> this week that left many stations without fuel, a scene that can be repeated in several other states that are prone to extreme weather events and are running low on supplies. To make things worse, the administration is restricting gasoline production in a number of ways, and that will have major consequences in our lives in a short, the short and long term. Um, 
According to new an, uh, new analysts publish, published uh, by the Foundation of Economic Education, the U.S. government has single-handedly made the gas crisis worse by closing the domestic supply chain, prohibiting drilling in key areas, and now canceling. Sorry about that. And now canceling leases that would allow us to become completely independent from international suppliers. This will halt the potential to drill for oil on over 1 million acres in the Cook Inlet in Alaska, which will be a devastating loss for those trying to increase oil supply to the country. Not only did the government cut the lease, but they also stopped two other pending leases in the Gulf of Mexico, claiming that there were conflicting court rulings that impacted work on these proposed lease, uh, lease sales. Our government is willing to throw our citizens under the bus so they can reach a, uh, a false net zero emissions utopia. And the reality is they want to give us smaller wages and force to pay $5 for a gallon of gas in order to reach the goal. But we shouldn't have to sacrifice our lives on the, uh, lives to save the planet. And it's time our politicians finally wake up to that, which yeah, I agree because didn't didn't you do an article um last week talking about that? That NASA said it's not due to fucking yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's not it's that, you know, and then um also we have the thing where they were talking about the leases and stuff and how this uh how pedophile Biden's administration wants to shut everything down but you know every everything that we get exported into this country is uh, as far as like raw materials and natural resources you can pull right out of this country right exactly so and that's what we should be doing so that way there we separate ourselves and elevate ourselves like we used to be yeah so now we'll wrap it up for that one i mean personally i don't i don't think it's going to be as bad i mean we're we're pretty much coming into uh, july Gas prices are kind of just where they're at. Yeah. I, I mean, the, in the area we're at, I don't know about the rest of the country. Right, yeah. But, I haven't seen anything increase, really. Yeah. So my next one's from Metro Weekly. Texas governor signs law banning drag performances in public. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has signed a law banning sexually oriented per- performances, which critics say is an attempt to ban drag performances in public with an eye towards eliminating them altogether. Abbott, a Republican, signed the measure passed largely on party lines by his fellow Republicans in the Texas legislature into law on June 18th. It officially takes effect on September 1st, 2023. Under the measure, businesses are prohibited from hosting sexually oriented performances that feature nudity, sexual conduct, or appeals to the purient interest in sex that take place in the presence of minors or in a space where minors can view them. This means that any establishment that wishes to host a drag show will have to impose an age limit prohibiting anyone under 18 years old from being on premises and will likely have to card patrons before allowing them entry. And but <laughs> that's how it fucking should be already. <laughs> Why do you need a law for that? Like, what the fuck? Establishments... That violate the law, even unintentionally, can be fined ten thousand dollars per occur- uh, occurrence. Reports the Hill. Drag performances and other adult-oriented entertainers are prohibited from uh, performing in public or in spaces accessible by minors. If found to have violated the law, they face as much 
They face much harsher penalties and will be charged with a Class A misdemeanor, meaning they could face up to a year in jail, be fined $4,000 or both. Under the new language uh, of the law, sexual conduct is defined as the exhibition or representation, whether actual or simulated, of sexual acts, genitals, devices designed to simulate genitals, breasts, or buttocks, or sexually uh, sexual gesticulations. The fuck kind of word is that? Using accessories or prosthetics that exaggerate male or female sexual characteristics. This could mean that performers wearing padded bras or prosthetic breasts could be found in violation of the law. Critics say that the law infringes on freedom of speech and freedom of expression. And also note that the bill's final version removed language specifying where performances have to occur to violate the law, reports Eater. As a result, they worry that police may interpret the law in such a way that would outlaw drag performances held in private residences with the owner's consent. Um, no. <laughs> you literally just, you just like, that. They're, they're basically, they're basically like, you know, a, a trans, um, a traveling fucking strip show. Mm-hmm. It's like going to the strip club. You can't, you can't have minors in strip clubs, right? It's like a burlesque show. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of them, oh, this slipped out or whatever, because they actually had to, uh, had to censor one of the, one of the performances, the picture on here, so... Um, additionally, LGBTQ advocates fear that because the law is so broad, any individual who does not wear clothing perform- conforming to stereotypical or traditional gender norms could potentially be accused of being in drag in public, thereby allowing law enforcement to harass, arrest, and prosecute transgender people for des- uh, denying to leave the house dressed in a manner that matches the gender by which they identify. That's going to do it for that one. But if you're walking around in drag, I mean, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. It's the the sexual dances and all that shit that's being done at the at these kids' schools. Like, the, what the fuck is that? That shit needs to be 18 and over, and that's it. You shouldn't be fucking walking down the street and in the town center fucking, you got a fucking drag queen doing some fucking some shit dance or whatever. Oh, that, yeah, that'll do it for that one. All right, my next one's from uh, Breibart. American Medical Association deems body mass index measure racist. <laughs> <clears throat> In a press uh, release la- uh, from last week, the AMA announced its decision to adopt a new policy that clarify, uh, yeah, to clarify the role of BMI a simple metric comparing height and weight for the purpose of uh, figuring out someone's total uh, body fat as a measure in medicine. The AMA Council on, uh, on Science and Public Health Report, where the new policy is detailed, uh, evaluates the problematic history with BMI, which has been widely used since the early 1970s as it explores alternatives. According to the announcement, the report also outlines the harms and benefits of using BMI, which it deems an imperfect way to measure body fat in multiple groups, giving that it does not account for the differences across race, ethnic groups, sexes, genders, and age span. 
I don't, I don't think any of that matters. You're, you're, cause it does, I'm pretty sure it does say for female and male. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need the BMI of a fucking oak tree. No, no. I know some people identify as that, but that's, that's not what we need. And just because it says, okay, you're at this height, you should be at this weight. I mean, and you know, this is what your, your body fat percentage is. Don't get upset. If you can't look in the fucking mirror and realize you're a fucking whale. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. Yeah, you can't wait. If you, if you, this, this is just, uh, this is just a problem with the the overly fat and obese people, because they they, uh, you know, being in their safe room, scrolling through TikTok isn't working anymore. Yep, yep. And that's the thing. It's that the whole reason that's that's there is to better yourself as a person. To you know, so you live longer. I mean, you can have good blood pressure and all that stuff and be overweight, but then your joints are going to be suffering from that extra weight. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're not made to be fucking whales. In light of uh, the findings, the new policy supports the AMA and educating physicians on issues with BMI and alternative measures for diagnosing obesity in states adding that. <clears throat> Sorry. It states adding that uh, the AMA recognizes issues with using BMI as a measurement due to historical harm. Its use of racist, sorry, racist exclusion, and because BMI is based primarily on data collected from previous generations of non-Hispanic white populations. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Everything's got to do with race. Yeah, everything. Everything has to do with race, and. People are fucking feeding into it. Like yeah. I've said, you know, this is just going to no. divide us. Claiming the BMI is uh, significantly uh, correlated with the amount of fat mass in the general population, but loses um, loses loses practicality when applied on individual level. The AMA suggests it be used in conjunction with other valid measures of risk such as such as but not limited to measurements of um fat body index body compensation uh relative relative fat mass waist circumference and genetic uh metabolic factors no, what's wrong? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure when a doctor tells you you're fat, they're taking all that into consideration. Yeah, exactly. If you if you if you uh, wake up and walk to the toilet in the morning and you're out of breath, you're fat. Yep, exactly. If you roll out of bed and you're out of breath, you're probably fucking fat. Yep, yep. And it's not okay. It's not okay to be fat. It really isn't. If you fall down the fucking stairs in the morning and roll all the way down and don't even get hurt, you're probably because <laughs> <laughs> you need to be the best version that that you can be. And and sitting on the couch, scrolling on TikTok, eating your fucking bonbons, <laughs> it's uh, it's not going to be beneficial when you know you actually have to get up and move. Yeah, you know, all you fat fucks, you know, when the, when the world finally hit, when shit hit, finally hits the fan, there's going to be plenty of you that are going to be getting taken out first because, oh man, I, ran, I went, 
I went five feet. I'm out of breath. Uh, the AMA uh, also recognizes that relative body shape and composition differences across race, eth- ethnic groups, sexes, genders, and age span is uh, essential to consider when applying BMI as a measure, as a measure, and that BMI should not be used as a role to deny appropriate insurance reimbursement. It continues. Oh, that's what it's coming down to. Mm. Mm, makes sense now. So all these fat fucks are getting dropped off their uh, insurance policy because nobody because you're you're a walking health risk. Yeah, and they're, um, and they're a business. So yeah, according to AMA, um, immediate past president Jack Risnick Jr. MD, the way uh, the way BMI has been used and measured. Uh, used to measure body fat and diagnose obesity is subject to various concerns, noting that is important uh, is important for uh, physicians to understand the benefits and limitations of using BMI in clinical settings to determine the best care for their patients. Last month, AMA members highlighted the racist origins of BMI, led to B <laughs> BLM. No, I said that. Uh, <laughs> as well as the flawed science, um, you know, the flawed science, misconceptions, and uh, stigma that people with obesity encounter. So, you know, that that's pretty much going to wrap it up. It's just talking about if you're fat, you're going to come off, your insurance policy is probably going to drop you. So, you know what? Fucking go on a diet. Stop eating the Twinkies. You, you can miss a fucking show on uh, TV. You know, they got uh, re- recording devices for that shit now. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So my next one's Planet from... Fitness will give you a pizza if you show up. Nice. Or a donut. There we go. That's, an, that's, that's encouraging. That, 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 I know. That's enough to go right there. You can just go there, sit up front, fucking talk to them, have a slice of pizza, a donut in the morning, or a bagel, and then you can tell everybody... You took your fat ass to the gym. <laughs> That's fucked. They really give donuts and bagels. Yeah. I'll, That's fucked yeah. up. So my next one's from Breibart. Corporations feel pressure amid month uh, Pride Month backlash. Corporations have been put into a difficult corner amid backlash over massive Pride Month campaigns, especially in markets directed at children. At a recent report from CNBC shows that companies will have to make difficult decisions in the years ahead. As Breitbart News reported, Bud Light has been a founder, uh, floundering brand since it partnered with transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney and it has been replaced by Modelo as America's number one beer. Meanwhile, ever since Disney opposed Florida's parental right law and inserted LGBTQ messaging into children's films, the studio has been making tough financial choices, enacting mass layoffs, and even losing senior vice president and chief diversity officer Latondra Newton, per CNBC. The backlash wave across the country, ha- which has disproportionately targeted transgender people, has even weighed on large companies with more liberal reputations. The union representing Starbucks baristas and dozens of the chain's locations are not letting employees decorate for Pride Month in June including at least one case where workers were told 
Violence in response to Target Pride merchandise sparked safety concerns. The company said it has not changed any policy or on decorations and is encouraging stores to celebrate Pride Month. LGBTQ plus inclusion has in recent years been standard business practice, said Sarah Kate Ellis, president and CEO of LGBTQ plus advocacy group GLAD. But that practice has become tickier amid a very aggressive legislation legislative session uh, in which hundreds of anti-LGBTQ plus bills which target trans rights and how sexual orientation and gender identity are taught in schools, among other topics, have been introduced by lawmakers across the country. It should be noted, however, that corporations such as Nike, North Face, and Walmart have been going on going strong despite Pride Month merchandise branding. Nike even went as far as to tell angry customers to be kind, be inclusive, after it partnered with Dylan Mulvaney. Anson uh, Frederick's, who previously served as president of sales and distribution at Hanizer Bush, said that some corporations need to have a better understanding of its audience. Yeah, exactly. We said that fucking countless times. Anheuser Bush has lost sight of who its customer it customer is. A brand like Bud Light is a brand that has never been political, but now they're you they're being shunned by customers on the right who see this partnership as a very politicized position. They've taken and also customers on the left who don't feel supported amid the backlash, he told CNBC. And that is it for that article. Um, but that what it, what is happening is people are fed up with the bullshit. Um, and these companies just need to market their fucking shit. Don't ride the social media train. Don't don't fucking, you know, just focus on selling your shit. Like you said, like Bud Light. And Budweiser, they didn't need to fucking do anything. It was, it was just, it was, people just walked in and fucking grabbed Budweiser, Bud Light, whatever, and fucking went out to the Well, that, that's going to bring me into my next article. Coors backs pride parade despite potential backlash. Molson Coors, owner of Miller and Coors brands of beers, isn't budging on its support for the LGBTQ event. The company, uh, the company is the title sponsor of the Coors Light Denver Pride Parade scheduled for Sunday. The company's unwavering support came as Anheuser-Busch's Bud Light lost its top spot in the U.S. beer market um, to Constellation Brands Modelo Especial after backlash from conservatives over the social media promotion with transgender influencer dick swing and dylan mulvaney the brief partnership with that fucking loser and mental case had sparked calls for a boycott against bud light despite the backlash to one of its competitors molson coors is standing firm reported that molson declined to discuss its Sponsor sponsorship of the parade. However, spokesman Adam Collins said in a statement that the company has sponsored the parade for decades and will continue to support LGBTQ pride for decades to come. The group called Denver Pride and quoted by the Independent Journal Review saying Molson has proudly earned a perfect hundred score for human rights campaign, corporate uh, equality 
index, which measures the company's internal LGBTQ plus policies and external practices. Well, the thing is, there was never an issue because they weren't targeting kids. I was just going to say there, there's, there's not a pro I don't see what the problem is with them backing, um, a pride parade. I mean, if they're out there, you know, the guys are out there shaking their dicks around in front of kids, then there's going to be a problem. But I mean, there, there's been plenty of pride parades in the past where, you know, fucking people have supported it, but I'm pretty sure, um, I don't know. Is that, is that just how they celebrate? They just got a hat. They just got to be fully naked in front of kids. I don't know. That's what it seems like. I don't know. Fucking people. And that, that article was from Newsmax. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my next one's from Breibart. Biden administration loaning Ford $9 billion for electric vehicle plants. $9 billion. We don't, we don't need that anywhere else, you know? No. President Joe Biden's administration is loaning Ford and its a battery manufacturing partner billions of dollars to help build three electric vehicles, vehicle battery plants, as officials discussed Thursday how the president's green energy agenda is hurting Americans. Um, the U.S. Department of Energy is loaning Ford and its partner $9.2 billion to construct EV plants in Tennessee and Kentucky, the Washington Examiner reported on Thursday. The outlet said the move was supposed to increase domestic battery manufacturing in a bid to compete with the with China on the issue. Meanwhile, leaders with the House Energy Commerce Committee gathered for a hearing on Biden's push for green energy and electric vehicles, Breitbart News reported on Thursday. In their statement, Chair Kathy Morris Rogers and Environmental Environment Manufacturing and Critical Materials Subcommittee Chair Bill Johnson explained that people are struggling to afford some of the highest energy and auto prices in decades as a result of Biden's energy and inflation crisis. But didn't you just say he's, he lowered gas prices? So what the fuck? Well, well he thinks he lowered gas prices because <laughs> what he did is he they, they brought him up so high and then they started bringing him down little by little and all these morons in this fucking country were like, oh, look at him. He's doing such a great job. He's he's lowering the gas prices. Yeah, but he, he didn't lower them back to what they were before um, he came into, came into office. Right. Goes on to say, they also said Biden's rush toward green energy policies is hurting middle and low-income families the worst. And like I said, it's fine to have an electric vehicle as, as an alternative, but to force everybody to get the electric vehicles by not offering combustion engines after 2025 or so or 2030 or whatever it is that that's forcing people to be in that market. And then like, like we've said before, the, the grid can't fucking handle it. So everybody's going to be without a car. You're going to be stuck in your house and government's going to be telling you what to do, how to think, how to eat all that shit. It goes on to say, according to the examiner, the loan is on a conditional agreement granted to Ford and its Korean partner <laughs> to combat China, but it's okay to work with Korea. The outlet also noted it is the biggest uh, government loan for an auto American automaker since the 2009 financial crisis and subsequent bailouts of the auto industry. 
The article continued, the Biden administration has raced to build out the electric vehicle and battery manufacturing supply chain in a bid to compete against China and deliver on its goal of having 50% of all new cars sold in the United States by electric vehicles by the year 2030. EVs currently account for roughly 7% of all cars sh- sold in the U.S. The loan program program's office was taken was tasked by the Inflation Reduction Act with overseeing the distribution of roughly $400 billion in new loans. In September 2021, Ford said it was pouring $11 billion into electric vehicle production, according to NBC News. The report said Ford was planning to spend the money on constructing plants in Tennessee and Kentucky while also hiring 11,000 workers. Meanwhile, Ford announced in March its electric vehicle unit called Ford Model E is bleeding billions of dollars and is expected to lose more this year according to Breibart News. When it comes to Biden's electric vehicle scheme in and China, Senator Joe Manchin, chairman of the Senate Energy Committee, said in April, the move would only empower the communist country, per Breibart News. Manchin's statement reads, the EPA is lying to Americans with false claims about how their manipulation of the market to boost EVs will help American energy security. In reality, this is a Trojan horse. To meet the timelines will mean strengthening our uh, reliance on minerals and technologies controlled by China. Taken in concert with the clear violation of the IRA to determine undermine provisions that would actual, actually secure these supply chains, this administration is taking steps that will only result in a more energy secure and powerful China. I don't believe that making progress on climate change should come at the expense of our national and energy security. I fully support Congress overturning these dangerous EPA regulations. Even though the president has been working to increase domestic battery manufacturing in regard to electric vehicles, some of the raw materials needed for the project can only be found internationally, and China has control over much of the supply. Breitbart News noted. And that's the end of that one, and that just shows that there's got to be some sort of fucking, I don't know, statement or something. I don't know. Because, you know, the electric vehicles is 7% of the fucking, of the shit, but they're pushing the electric vehicles. People don't want them. They would, the sales would be through the roof if people wanted them. Yeah. And then the same, the same thing with the LGBTQ shit that people, you know, I'm not, not that the, the trans, that it's less than a half a percent of people that are actually trans. And it's being blown up and fucking tearing down the country. So we need to fucking, I don't know, people need to just stand up against this shit and show them that we are in control. It's not them that's in control and fucking take back this country. Well, as uh, this is from the Daily Caller and as Bud Light sales continue to plummet, they had a bright idea, MJ. Oh, yeah? Bud Light. Brings back old mascot in desperate attempt to win back conservatives. Because, you know, they're, they're sweet commercials with the country music in the background and, you know, the hard work and American. And the drag dancer. <laughs> well, no, that, that was it. That was that. That was yeah. after. Yeah. Bud Light is apparently dusting off an old advertising mats, mascot amid, amid Ongoing backlash stemming from their partnership with someone that belongs in a mental institution. A Twitter profile supposedly belonging to the Bud Knight 
posted a video Monday of the mascot stepping into the frame of the caption saying, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. You can go back in the closet with Dylan Mulvaney. (laughs) The mascot resembles a typical medieval knight covered in blue armor, plates, and Bud Light plastered uh, across the, the chest plate. The mascot notably appeared in 2019 Super Bowl commercial promoting the popular fantasy series Game of Thrones in the commercial. The mascot engages in and losing a jousting match before the large dragon appears and burns down the venue. So see, that this, this, this whole marketing campaign came out when Game of Thrones was big. Right. So now, why are you bringing back a knight? There's no, there's no big show right now that has is like a medieval show right now. Right. The Bud Knight was a central part of the Bud Light's popular Dilly Dilly campaign. Dilly Dilly. <laughs> I thought it was fucking retarded, but yeah, it was. Which ran from 2017 to 2019. The mascots Twitter account last posted in 2021, seemingly signing off for good. It was real it was real fun while it lasted, guys. The Bud Knight tweeted at the time. The mascot reveal drew negative reactions from most uh commenters. Uh I'm thinking not. Conservative transgender uh pundit Sarah Higgin tweeted, Is uh is the armor tuck friendly? Popular right wing commentator Benny Johnson wrote, <laughs> referring to Target's LGBT uh themed swimwear. Um, we now know who's behind the mask went from Dilly Dilly to Dylan Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, and then the, um, Bud Light's decision to reboot the popular character comes amid the tidal wave of outrage over its, um, April partnership with, Transgender influencer Dick Swingin' Dylan Mulvaney, who belongs in a mental institution, because I, I do. Do I really gotta go over every reason why? Don't think so. Nope. If you if you don't know, you can go back through our shows, and you can probably figure out my opinion of why I'm saying that. The widely panned advertising campaign with um, this mental head case kicked off uh a mass boycott of Bud Light the Bud Light brand the company saw a huge drop in sales and lost the top spot to Modelo in mid June and as the top selling beer in America the week ending June 17th saw Bud Light sales drop nearly 30% compared to 2022 who knows will they even survive this who cares i know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You can okay. go to your next one. So my next you one's don't just from, gotta stare at me. Well, that's what we do. News. My next one's from Newsmax. That's what you do. That's not what I do. <laughs> House passes bill to revoke Biden mortgage rule. The GOP-led House approved a measure to revoke a Biden administration rule that Republicans say is unduly harsh to those with high credit scores. The House voted 230 to 189 on Friday to scrap the Federal Housing Finance Agency's rule, which recalibrated the loan level price adjustment fee charged by mortgage giants Fannie Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The rule became effective May 1st and revised the FHFA fee charts that provide percentage adjustments based on a credit score and down payment. 
the Washington Examiner reported. The rule extended to make home ownership for lower income buyers and those with lower credit scores more viable was misguided, Re- Republicans say, because some, some people with better credit scores will end up paying more in fees than before. 14 Democrats voted with the GOP majority. What I would say to my colleagues is, is it right to raise the costs of borrowing for families that have worked hard and saved up to buy a home in order to subsidize those who are less credit worthy? I don't think so. House Financial Services Committee Chairman Patrick McHenry said from the House floor, this bill would ensure that doesn't happen under this new Biden administration rule. H.R. 3564, offered by Housing and Insurance Subcommittee Chairman Warren Davidson, reverses the Biden administration's challenge to FHFA's loan-level pricing adjustment structure, which acts as a tax on creditworthy homebuyers to subsidize those with lower credit scores. Davidson said, under the law, I mean, under the new fee structure, uh, those with credit scores of 680 or above would pay a higher price for their mortgage than those with a score under the threshold would pay less than before the change. Davidson said the move was not income-based as the Biden administration's rule could penalize lower-income buyers who have good credit scores while rewarding some wealthier buyers who have higher income and lower credit scores. People with low income who live within their means and pay their bills on time wind up with good credit scores, Davidson said. Although Davidson's bill passed the House, it has a less certain future in the Democrat-controlled Senate. Even if it were to pass in the Senate, President Joe Biden likely would veto the legislation because it wasn't his fucking idea. And, like, it's fucked up. We've, we've covered this before uh, when, they, when it was being proposed, and we said that it's fucked up that, you know, you work hard. Like he said, you work hard to get your credit score up there. You save your money. And you're doing all the, the the things correctly, and then you can get a get a fucking get a house. And all these people that have been lazy, not paying their bills on time, not paying their bills, uh, now they can get a house. Like that that's it's gonna be another fucking housing collapse like we had before. So I like that. Um, you know, there's some people in there that that actually have their head on straight. Although, like he said, the Senate's probably not gonna pass it, and even if they do. Biden's not going to pass it, so. I don't know. We just need to get these stupid fucks out of office. So, the the last, uh, I mean, this one's from Fortune, but uh, what was the, the last holiday we just had? The the big one was uh, Memorial Day? Yeah. Yeah, so and didn't, didn't on Memorial Day, uh, Bud Light started a little rebate because they're like, oh, we're not selling anything. We need to sell something on this day, right? Yeah. That happened, right? Yep. Yeah. Anheuser-Busch will pay you $15 to drink a Bud Light on July 4th. (laughs) A skunked beer. Yeah. Independence Day is nearly here, and Bud Light is hoping beer drinkers on both sides of the trans rights um, divide will will, uh, let bygones be bygones over uh, one free beer on the house. You fucking morons. It's not about the trans shit. It's about how you you actively are promoting someone that promotes themselves to children and then is erasing what a biological girl or female is. That's what the problem is. Yep. In a bid to move on from its 
um, uh, promotional partnership with a mental head case. Brewer uh, Transheiser Bush wants to help people forget the whole controversy by practically giving away its lager. Under a Bud Light on Us rebate valid through July 8th, the company is offering Americans in the U.S. states up to $15 back on a 15-pack uh, or, or larger in stores where bloated inventories need to be sold before they sell the, the sell-by date expires. A case might even end up being free if it retails for less than the offer. Make your July 4th weekend easy to enjoy. The brewer advertises on its site. So the article goes on and explains why this all happened. And like I said, if you haven't listened to the show, then maybe maybe you want to go check out this article. It's uh, it's on Fortune. You can give it a listen. Or uh, not a listen. You can give our show a listen. Uh, check the old uh, episodes and you'll find out. Or you can read this. Um, but, you know... Um, to Brendan Whitworth or whatever. Yeah. Whitworth, the CEO of Bud Light. If this doesn't work for you on 4th of July, you need to hang up your tuck friendly suits because the problem is you don't have enough balls between your legs to say you fucked up. Yeah. And that's what needs to happen. That's all you need to do. But I'm starting to, I'm starting to say, say maybe, maybe he went through the trans transition. Maybe he doesn't even have a set of balls anymore. Maybe. Maybe. Fucking loser. <laughs> so my next one's from Newsmax. U.S. files first ever charges versus Chinese fentanyl makers. The U.S. Justice Department Friday filed criminal charges against four Chinese chemical manufacturing companies and eight individuals over allegations they illegally trafficked the chemicals used to make fentanyl a highly addictive painkiller that has fueled the opioid crisis in the United States. The indictments mark the first time the United States has sought to prosecute any of the Chinese companies responsible for manufacturing the precursor chemicals used to make the painkiller. The companies at the heart of the three separate indictments are acu accused of selling precursor chemicals to the Sinola cartel in Mexico who in turn have helped to flood the United States with the drug. The case comes about two months after the Justice Department previously charged leaders of the cartel with running a fentanyl trafficking operation fueled by Chinese chemical companies, including three sons of Zhao Quinn El Chapo Guzman, the one-time leader of the Sinola cartel, who now imprisoned in the United States. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, the department's number two official, said on Friday the cases break new ground by attacking the fentanyl supply chain at its origin. Fentanyl poses a singular threat not only because of the small do uh, the smallest dose can be lethal, but because fentanyl does not occur, occur in nature. It is entirely man-made, she added. The Chinese embassy did not immediately respond to a request from, for comment on the allegations. In Manhattan's southern district, Federal prosecutors announced the unsealing of an indictment against the China-based chemical company Hubie Marvel Biotech, along with its executives uh, King Zhu Wang, Yi Chen, and Nun Lu, also known as Er Yang, with fentanyl trafficking, precursor chemical uh, imports, 
importation, and money laundering offenses. Wang and Chen were arrested by the federal agents in the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration on June 8th and ordered detained by a federal magistrate judge in Honolulu, Hawaii on June 9th until they can be transported to New York City to appear before the judge handling the case. Yang remains at large. In the Eastern District of New York, meanwhile, prosecutors announced the unsealing of two more indictments against three other Chinese companies and individuals, accusing them of conspiring to manufacture and distribute fentanyl fentanyl in the United States. And it's about fucking time something is being done about this. Just hopefully they follow through and they actually uh, try to shut these places down, even though they're going to pop up somewhere else. Hopefully there'll be some sort of disruption within the... Um, within the flow, so that way their people aren't fucking dying. But I'll do it for that one. All right. This will bring it to my last article. This one's from Newsmax as well. July 4th fireworks canceled in L.A. due to the new green rules. So if... um. Gavin Newsom isn't fucking up that state uh, enough. One of the biggest cities in it are not not allowed to have a fireworks display now. Several fireworks displays that were scheduled to take place along the Los Angeles County coastline for the 4th of July holiday has been canceled due to new environmental rules that the city adopted. The cancellations come a month after the LA Regional Water Quality Control Board mandated that all fireworks vendors obtain a permit for their shows and adopt new um, best practices for reducing plastics and other debris in the oceans. Though most of the area show um, most of the area's shows are expected to comply with the new regulations. The Los Angeles times reported that um, at least five will not take place on independence day weekend. Those shows had been planned by pyro spec, um, Spectaculars by Sousa, uh, which declined to seek a permit for regional water board. We cannot and will not risk the safety of our staff and public to comply with the restrictive regulation. Uh, regulation. CEO Jim Sousa said the water board instituted the new regulations quickly and un. Oh, so regulations quickly. With uh, little input from us, one of the largest and most experienced fireworks show producers in the nation. Sousa told the Times that his company aims to be a concession of impact on the environment, but that it will not comply with the new regulations this year. Officials at the Water Board pointed out uh, the other fireworks vendors that have been able to comply with the new standards. At, At the May Water Board meeting with the regulations were adopted. The representative of Pyro Spectacular said the mandate threatened the safety of pyrotechnicians, according to the Times. Under the permit, pyrotechnicians would be required to do real-time visual monitoring of the fireworks show and clean up shortly after the shows. Water board officials said the mandate only requires that um, practical and economical achievability. Best practices um, be used uh, and that the company's safety concerns could be addressed by using unmanned video monitoring systems. The federal lawsuit uh, that served 
as a catalyst for the Green New Rules was brought to the environmental activists early this year who alleges that fireworks shows over Long Beach Bay in California violated the Clean Water Act by discharging pollutants into the bay. Although the plaintiffs lost, the regional water body reportedly crafted new rules in response to the outcome of the lawsuit. That's ridiculous. It is. They're just taking away, you know, they're taking, everything that's American. Yeah, and that's what it, what it comes down to. But uh, you got anything else to add to this nope. show today? Nope, that's All it. All right. Um, if it's your first time listening or listening, I was going to say watching, but we don't record the Realist Weekly wrap-ups because the files get too big for the videos, for the software we're using. We need, yeah, we need to upgrade, but, you know. We're, we're not getting paid to do this. So. Exactly. So it's just coming out of our <laughs> yeah. pocket. So it's like. Yeah. Um, but if it's your first time listening and you're, whether you're on a podcast directory, your favorite, your favorite as MJ would say, or YouTube or Rumble, you know, give us a follow give us a like, let, it, let us know how we're doing in the show. Cause you can leave comments on all these, these platforms. And while you're there, you can give us a, um, while you're liking everything and following, you can give us a follow at Instagram and Twitter at checkers underscore and underscore MJ. We are on truth at the underscore realist underscore uncensored and over at YouTube at the realist uncensored. And that is rumble as well. The realist uncensored one word. You can email us at the realist uncensored at gmail.com. That could be for show ideas on raps, uh, fucking tell us we're fucking idiots, whatever you want. Episodes will be dropping on Wednesday and Friday and sometimes on Mondays if uh, MJ ever wants to drop a message Monday. Yeah, well, they're they're special, so you can't just, you know, yeah. let them out there. And fuck uh, Bud Light's uh, fucking stupid 4th of July rebate. Fucking have them lose some more sales. All you got to do is say we fucked up. 